0: Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we're talking about proof theory. And uh, last time, we started talking about natural deduction, which one is one of sort of three main forms of proof system that we find in lots of works in proof theory in computer science and more mathematical proof theory as well. Uh, and so uh, in natural deduction, as I was saying last time, we have introduction and elimination rules for every logical connective. So, the introduction rules say how you can prove something that starts with that connective, and the elimination rules say if you have a if you know you know if you have a proof uh, of a formula that starts with that connective, then what can you do with it? How do you kind of get to use that information? And so, the you know, like really simple example was for and for conjunction. If you have two proofs of two facts like F1 and F2 let's say, then an introduction says, okay, I can you can glue those two proofs together to get a proof of F1 and F2, like that actual formula F1 and F2 It can be confusing um, you know, when you're talking about this sort of stuff, to keep straight what's your metallurgical construct and what's your logical construct, and I've emphasized this the past couple times, and you know, notationally, if you're writing this out on paper or something, it's or or heaven forbid you were doing it in a <laughs> proof assistant or a computer proof system, um, then, then it would be pretty clear. When you're speaking, it can be a little hard to say. I've got, I've got a, you know, you just have to make sure you understand. I'm saying I have proofs, of two proofs. One proof is a proof of F1. Another proof is a proof of F2. Now I glue those together and I get a new proof of this of this single formula, F1 and F2. I hope that's pretty clear. So that's okay, so and introduction. Oh man, that's a (laughs) that's a good, nice, easy proof rule. I don't not aware of a lot of work casting like grave doubts or, you know, complexifying and introduction. (laughs) Oh, if you know of one, that'd be that'd be fun. Share it with me. Um uh, you know, and and elimination, same kind of deal. If you somehow know you have a proof, I keep saying no, but let's say you have a proof of F one and F two, then what are you allowed to do with it? You're allowed to project out F one or F two, so that is you have a proof, a derivation tree that you've written, a proof expression, whatever it is, a, some, a proof. And if you um, if it proves F one and F two, then one thing you can do is perform an and elimination inference to get a proof of F one, and there's a different inference you can perform, and elim, a second and elimination two inference that will give you a proof of F two. And under the you know, I hope you've been able to follow my Talking through that. Under the Curry Howard isomorphism, which we've spoken about before in the podcast, and introduction is just pairing. I've got two proofs and I just make a pair of them. And in eliminations are projections, like getting the components of a pair. You had a pair of proofs, and you know, you can do dot one to get the first proof out, or you do dot two to get the second proof out. Or first and second, or whatever your functions are you like to use to project out the pieces of a pair. So um Okay, so that's and, and uh, implication is, um, well, implication is kind of a, you know, is probably the deepest one in some sense, definitely when we get into, if we're thinking about intuitionistic logic, um, and for classical logic, for classical proof theory, people usually use the same introduction and elimination rules for implication that they do in intuitionistic logic, but then there's some other features of the of the proof system that makes it classical instead of constructive. So, but, so, okay, so either way, for classical or logic, the rule that's usually used in natural deduction is, if you're trying to prove F1 implies F2, then, I mean, intuitively, we want to assume F1 and then try to prove F2 under that assumption, okay? And there's sort of like different, some little different wrinkles, even as far as just natural deduction for how you want to, kind of formalize this idea that I'm going to assume F1. It means like somewhere in my proof, but just this piece of that proof, like this part which is sort of governed, sort of local to this, um, doing this implication introduction. I'm trying to introduce the implication F1 implies F2. And just in that sub-derivation, I'm allowed to make use of F1 as if it was already proved. I don't need to have a proof for it, it's an assumption. So my assumption is acting kind of like a, an atomic proof that came out of nowhere. It just is like, here you go, this is proved, okay? And, and as I said, there's in proof theory, there's different ways to sort of formulate this. One is where you think of your proof tree as just having some, like the proof tree is a branching tree, at the bottom of the tree uh, is the formula you're proving, and as you sort of grow it up to the leaves, uh, it's the things that you're you're proving that formula from, and uh, one way to formalize this sort of like idea of, of assuming a formula is just say oh you could be growing that proof tree up, and at some places in, at the end of your proof tree, you know usually our proof tree branches are going to end with axioms, you know, um, uh, but one way you could formalize this. Uh, um, implication introduction rule is to say your proof tree is allowed to end just in formulas that are just sitting there, um, which aren't proved from anything, as long as then when you come to the implication introduction rule, you know your uh, those formulas that are just sitting there not proving anything are the ones that are being introduced by your implication, and so basically we have to say implication introduction takes a subproof that might have um, f one as an unproved end of a branch in the proof tree. And now, once you do the implication reduction, we're not going to consider that as an unproved branch anymore. We're going to say, okay, that's closed. We've closed that assumption now at that implication introduction. There might still be other assumptions that are still open, and at some point we'll do some other implication introductions and close them off. At the end of our whole proof, if we don't have any unproved assumptions that haven't been closed off in this way with the intr- implication reduction, then, um, then hooray, then we have got a closed derivation. And if we did still have some assumptions sitting there, we have an open derivation, which is perfectly fine. It just means if you somehow had proofs of these facts, or if you decided to assume them with yet further implication reductions then you could prove this formula. But by itself, the open derivation isn't a complete proof of that formula. So, uh, yeah, so that's one way you can formalize this. And then you look at sort of the older school proof theory books, like if you look in Prowitz, Dag Prowitz, um, who is a great proof theorist who has beautiful, clear expositions of a bunch of this sort of stuff. I think he has a, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm putting myself on the spot here. He has a book from the 60s, 1960s, which I think is titled, uh, this is the part I'm shaking on, I'm sorry. I think it's titled Natural Reduction. But I'm really sorry, I don't remember. Anyway, and in that, you find all this kind of stuff n- nicely laid out, and I believe this is the style he uses. It's kind of like we have these assumptions of these derivations. Um, and there's there are other ways to do this too. Uh, in more programming languages, type theory sort of world, you, you just explicitly keep track of the set of assumptions. So instead of proving a formula, you basically say, I'm gonna prove this formula with these assumptions you that's like becomes the compound sort of thing that you prove they um i think largely well i don't know partly popularized at least by martin per martin luft the great swedish philosopher and type theorist that they call these judgments so the judgments that you're proving the judgment you're proving is this thing that says um here are the assumptions and then this is the formula and so, if you have this kind of compound judgment as, as what you're deducing with your inference rules, then uh, then implication introduction is nice and easy to express. It basically just it says the same thing I was saying out loud for the kind of um, open derivations view of things, but it's a little more it's notationally simpler to deal with because you basically just say, well, implication reduction says if you want to prove an implication under some set of assumptions gamma, then you just if you want to prove f1 implies f2 then just add F1 to your gamma and prove F2. Great. And when you come to your end, to your ends of your proof tree, your, your leaves, then you just say, well, the axioms are, if I'm assuming a formula in my gamma, my set of assumptions, then I could prove that. So axioms look like gamma with an F in there entails F. That holds. That always holds. So anyway... Um, These are just some of the technicalities for how you express these things. But the basic idea is, you know, prove F1 implies F2 by assuming F1, which means I get to use it in my derivations as if I had a proof for it, even though I don't really, um, and try to prove F2. And to do an implication elimination, if you know F1 implies F2, and you also have a proof of F1, then you can deduce F2. Uh, This is the inference that was known to, you know, ancient Thinkers as modus ponens. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's implication. Um, and uh, let's see. So that we're just taking a little mini tour of some of the forms of some of the inferences for natural deduction. And uh, I've actually reached my destination a little quicker than I thought. Here, um, this is Iowa Type Theory Public Library Run. Um, but I would like to follow up with more on that, so I will um, probably just put out a second episode, uh, following up on these natural deduction things on the drive home. Ha ha ha. Okay. Thanks for listening. Um, don't forget, I'm still looking for if people want to join the mini course on normalization in October. Um, I want to get the sort of that finalized. Who wants to come and what the materials are going to be by um, by the end of the of September. So, think about it, and, you know, if you have any doubts, send me an email, and uh, we I can, you know, talk to you about it, and it's hopefully be a very low-key, friendly experience, nothing scary, um, and uh, also, I do have this little pitch, if you want to support the podcast by giving me tiny amounts of money directly to the university, um, that'd be nice, and it's more for kind of people here to realize that I'm doing a podcast and that people like it. So um, I hope you like it. (laughs) All right. Anyway, I hope you're well, wherever you are. Thanks for listening.